0: Welcome to The Sentinel Room, the official Cole St. Mary podcast, ranked in the top 100 education podcasts in Canada. We're here to keep you entertained and informed. We interview teachers and students alike. Your friendly hosts are Anne, Emily, and Isla, bringing you all the buzz from Cole St. Mary in the land of the living skies. Welcome to episode 5 of The Sentinel Room. We have... Miss um, Hila here filling in for Isla, who is away on assignment. She had to go find out what a touchdown is because we've had a couple um, confusions. She's got to figure
1: that. that out. Yeah.
2: So. Um, so how's your week going, Anne? It's going pretty good. We have a very fun week ahead of us. We yeah. Yes. A lot of activities that are going to happen, and you guys are going to figure it out in this podcast what about you, Monsieur? How's your week going?
1: It's been busy. This week mm-hmm. for us is always a very exciting, as Anne said, busy week, a fulfilling week. Yeah. So I don't know if I want to give it away because Anne seems to want to tease that for later on in the episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, the grade eights are very much involved in all things. Uh, this week is a very uh, engaging week for them and something that they give to the school. So, yeah. But we have a special guest that talks a bit about that, so I yeah. won't steal his thunder but yeah very busy week but very exciting and then it's a week off next week
0: yeah um so in this episode we will be hearing about um holy week and we will have a very special guest here who you'll find um more you'll find we're so secret this week it's everything is top secret
1: (laughs) emily doesn't want to give anything away yeah
0: you'll find more about this special guest later and we'll be hearing from our fabulous science teacher, Madame Stevenson, and we'll be um, listening to some interviews from our school science fair, which happened on March 24th. And we'll be hearing from our March Madness champion, Nola.
1: Who set a record for the most points yeah, ever. Yeah, she's 97 this points. Nola, wow, well, I don't know how she did it. Yeah, uh, Maybe we can ask her how yeah. she did it, because it's amazing. Yeah. Almost like artificial intelligent type amazing. Like really smart. No one got that many games right. Mm
3: -hmm. For my project, I tested to see if temperature would affect a robot's performance. What I did is I put a robot is a robotic arm and I had it pick up a battery at different temperatures inside of a bin. So... When I changed the temperature, I would always reset the robot to the right place. And then I would start the stopwatch and start the robot picking up the battery at the same time. And when the robot reached the top of the bin, I would stop the stopwatch. I did this at 10 different temperatures, three times each, and then found the mean of each temperature. And what turned out happening is that temperature does affect robots a lot. Um, And the best time that the robot did was at 11 seconds, at negative 2 degrees, the robot picked it up and brought it to the top and then at 35 degrees celsius it brought the battery to the top in 12.5 seconds so that was the worst time
2: my name's Chukuma and i'm in grade eight and for science fair i tested how rockets like how much fins rockets use like to work and i tested if three fins work better than four fins and in the end i learned three fins work better by around 100 feet so if you were to like launch a rocket into space and you just need to get into space, you would use three fins. But if you wanted to, you know, launch a rocket to Mars, you would probably use four, but you have to spend more money on rocket fuel.
3: My name is Nola, and for my science fair, I'm doing Eskimo AI So what I did is create an AI. How I did it was first I made the maze, Within I put these points called nodes everywhere throughout the maze. At every um, dead end, and along with at the end of the maze, and the AI would randomly choose between those nodes where it wants to go. Once it reaches the node, the node begins to follow it, so that it looks pretty seamlessly like it's um, remembering everything because the node will be just behind it at every step. So it'll once it locates to something it will look almost perfectly as if it's remembering steps.
1: So what's faster, human or an AI node?
3: Oh, uh, the AI all the way. The average is three to- almost three times faster than the humans. I'm Zach and I'm in grade seven. Levi, seventh grade. We did our projects on electrolytes versus caffeine, uh, which enhances your physical performance the best.
2: And we found out that caffeine helps you more, but it can be addictive and it can give you heart diseases. So
0: my name is William. My name is Noah Larson. So we did a science for project. It was, um, does the brand of the battery and the charge of the battery affect the RPM of a homopolar
4: motor? So we used a setup with magnets and AA batteries to test the RPM with. Uh, we used a tachometer specifically and for the f- we also used 50% charged batteries to add to more variety and we ma- made sure that those batteries were the correct voltage by testing them with a multimeter. We found that Energizer had the
0: best overall uh, RPM, Kirkland was second best, Duracell was last.
3: My name's Camden and I'm in grade seven. I tested to see if plant-based meat or or normal meat had more bacteria. Um, how I did it is that I took a Q-tip and I swabbed it three times and then put it on the Petri dishes and then I cooked it and did the same thing. I figured out that plant-based grew quicker and had more bacteria, but it's still better for you because they only eat grass, but for uh, normal, they, could eat anything like um, pesticides.
1: I'm Elijah, I'm in grade 8 and for my science fair I wanted to figure out if your nose could still smell things while you were asleep. So I did that by testing if your nose uh, could smell things after long periods of time during the day and then during long periods of time during the night and I found out that when you're sleeping your nose works almost as well as when your nose is awake and when you're awake and this can help during fires and if you need to find out if there's a fire in your house or if your wife made you coffee in the morning.
3: Hello, my name is Claire and I, my, I'm in grade 7, Missy and Barnes's class. My science fair project is on which texture does water flow the fastest and I found out that the fastest texture that water flows on is actually bubble wrap which surprised me a lot. Um, I'm Abby, I'm in grade 8. I'm Jada, I'm in grade eight. And for our science fair, we tested if the temperature affects your results um, on a test. And basically we took 30 kids in school and we test them all three times with cold, hot, and normal temperature. The results were cold is better to do tests because they all got better results. My name is Abigail. I am in grade seven at St. Mary's school. For my science fair project, I did, does the type of rock affect whether moss will grow on it or not? I have four different types of rock, shale, potassium, basalt, and sandstone, and the way I did it, I combined moss and yogurt, and it's called slurry, and a blender, and I painted it on the rocks. every day. And then every day for four weeks, I sprayed water onto the rocks. Unfortunately, no moss grew at the end, but if I would have waited a little longer, I think that moss would have started to grow on the sandstone. It has all the right minerals and the right um, type of rock for moss to grow on. My name is Ava, I'm in grade seven, and for my project, I was testing if the type of music that you're listening to affects how you work. And I tested it by taking 40 students and making them write tests. One test, the exact same test, one with music, including their favorite types of music and their least favorite types of music. And then a five minute break, and then they did the exact same test in silence. And the majority of the students did better
5: in
0: silence. Welcome to this segment of the Sentinel Room. We have the fabulous Madame Stevenson, the greatest um, science teacher of all time here with us.
4: Oh, wow. There's some good exaggerations but
0: (laughs) thank you Emily. Okay so we have some questions for you today. Mm -hmm. So the first one is was there anything about was there anything unique about this year's science fair?
4: This is the first science fair I've had in a long time where none of the students have had experience with it. So everybody was Mm -hmm. brand new to doing science fair and I was super impressed with how creative everyone was. We all tried something a little different, and every project was different, and I loved that.
2: Um, How do you feel about the students' motivation for this year's science fair?
4: I loved the energy in the hallways. We had 100% participation, which was a huge success, and I loved the students wanting to get their work done and Mm -hmm. seeing them excited to do their projects. I love that energy. Do you have a favorite type of science fair project? Hmm, that's a good question. A favorite type. Really Mm -hmm. Mm well-controlled. And ones that test over and over and over again. I don't have a specific subject that I like the most, but I like the ones that are super well-controlled and that they put a lot of time and thought into.
2: Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to know this question. Okay. It's very, very hard for you. Okay, get ready. (laughs) What is... Your favorite animal in the science room? Well, p- Shelly. We promise. Okay. <laughs> Hands down, Shelly. She's your favorite?
4: Yeah, I spend the most time with her because she uh-huh. comes home with me.
2: Mm-hmm. But after Shelly,
4: I couldn't pick. can not yeah. pick? No. Mm-hmm. I know I shouldn't have a favorite, but yeah. I do.
2: Shelly's your little baby. She is. Yeah. <laughs> we won't tell anyone, Madame. <laughs> okay, tell. yeah, don't tell
0: Azzy we or won't. Madame <laughs> Beauty. We won't. We <laughs> won't. Especially <laughs> <when> Madame <I'm> Beauty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she might get a bit
2: jealous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's been here for longer, so... Mm-hmm. Well thank you for being on our podcast, Madame. Well thank you for the opportunity.
1: She
0: mm-hmm. me with silence.
3: Ladies
1: and gentlemen. Uh-
0: We're here with our March Madness champion, NOLA! Wow, NOLA, sounds like you're a basketball genius. What's a three-pointer? <laughs>
2: um,
0: that's, that's a question for later. Um, <laughs> so, can you tell us how you picked your bracket?
3: Oh, well... Using a very scientific method based mm-hmm. on the names, you see. Oh, yeah. Which yes. it sounds the most prestigious, like Colgate. That just sounds delicious. I mean, I lost that one, but... Okay. Just sounds so
0: good. I, I can see your strategy. Uh, so, you picked three out of the four semi finalists. How do you feel about that?
3: Well... I feel like I earned this. I spent an entire 30 seconds on the bracket, and I've got what I've been owed. Well, it's well-earned.
0: So the rumors have been flying around. We all know what your science fair project is about. And so there's been some rumors that you used AI to pick your bracket. Is that true? No, the rumors are false. I don't care enough about this to spend that much time and effort. <laughs> <laughs> well, can you at least tell us about your science fair project?
3: All right. It was about artificial intelligence, see, which can go through um, a maze faster, human, or a robot. And, oh, it was made to simulate uh, memory through um, it presses, progresses of nodes, and uh, I just bore you talking about this, but... No, it's actually really interesting. One first place in the school science fair and a bronze medal in the cities. Wow, sounds like
0: you're just as good at science as you are basketball.
3: (laughs) There's no, there's no overlap. I swear, (laughs) I didn't do anything. I didn't rig it. Okay, well, thank you for your time, Nola.
0: And that, of course, is the famous overture from Jesus Christ Superstar. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Deacon Joe Lang, the coordinator of Catholic Education Services here.
2: Welcome.
5: Hi. Thank you for having me. Now, we yeah. have
2: questions for you, okay?
5: Okay, let rip. Our first question, <laughs> let's do it
2: let's do this. Our first question is, how do Catholics celebrate Holy Week?
5: We begin Holy Week with Palm Sunday or Passion Sunday, which sets the tone for the whole week. So we walk with Christ who's welcomed um, in fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies. He comes in on a donkey and the people throw down their palms and they're welcoming as their king. And then they turn on him. And we go through the garden scene in his crucifixion. So there's this whole sort of dynamic of Holy Week is a time when we recognize Jesus as the king of our lives and of the world. And yet at the same time, we also recognize that there's some brokenness in us that doesn't quite get that all the time. So yeah, and then we start the whole week. Still three days of Lent left in the middle of the week, which ends at the celebration of the Lord's Supper on Holy Thursday.
0: So what's your favorite part about Holy Week?
5: All of it! What I really like is the high drama. There's lots of action and options. We involve our, our young adults in, uh, and, our, and our children in the parish uh, in so many ways in the liturgies that we do. Whether it's miming the uh, the Passion of Christ on Good Friday, um, being part of the serving and the ministries during the week, or at the special masses during the Easter Tridium, which is Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and, and the Easter Vigil. Yeah, there's so much going on. Lots of And setting up, doing altar prep, doing readings, like art and decor, music, there's so many things going on. So yeah, it's pretty cool.
2: That sounds really cool, actually. It is
5: really cool. Um, (laughs) Come by sometime. Be a part of it.
2: (laughs) So we heard that there's a three-hour-long mass that happens, right? It's
5: longer than three hours. Really? Really.
2: Can you tell us about it? Let's talk about that. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it because
5: as soon as people hear about it, they go, Oh, no way I'm going to that thing. It's going to be long. Okay, so... What happens with the Easter Tridium is that it's one long three-day celebration that starts on the evening of Holy Thursday and doesn't end till the last prayer and the blessing and sending on Holy Saturday after the Easter Vigil. So when you say it's a three-hour Mass, it's like, well, no, because it's a three-day celebration. But most people just talk about and worry about that Easter Vigil, which happens Saturday night. At our place, we'll start around 8 And we'll end probably around 11.30 to midnight, partially because the Easter Vigil is the super high point of our whole church year. This is where we celebrate the resurrection of Christ, and historically, the Vigil has been a time where uh, many adults were welcomed into the church community. So this year at our place, we're going to welcome about 20 people into our church so some will be baptized, some have already been baptized, will be confirmed, and then together with this monster community that's gathered for that evening, they'll come and receive the communion with us all, the Eucharist. And so it is, there's stories, there's singing, there's music, there's fire, there's darkness. It's pretty cool. You can tell I get excited about it. It's like I wait for this all year. You're exhausted, but it's cool. And after it's all over, we in our parish will gather in the hall and have a big party to celebrate the people who have joined their church and to just celebrate the gift of Christ for us in the resurrection.
0: That sounds really cool. Oh, come by anytime. Um, How can teenagers be involved with Holy Week?
5: Oh, there's so many places. Like, you can do it in your schools, right? Because there's all sorts of celebrations and prayers happening in the schools. Um, Get involved in your parish communities. Like, there's all sorts of things going on and it depends what your parish is at and where your pastor's at. Lots of opportunities to be part of the uh, the the liturgies and the prayers and the readings and the art and decor, maybe even in childcare sometimes too. Who knows? And yeah, that yeah, just just come up and say, "How can I help?" All oh, the parishes be so happy to have young people come and do anything. Um, we have a group of young adults who uh, will do part a mime on on Good Friday, um, so they'll actually mime out the Passion and in drama, and it's quite quite moving usually. So
2: you told us about a little bit about the miming, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what's your favorite part about it?
5: Of the miming? Mm-hmm. Oh, the favorite part of the miming is just because our young people come out and share their faith. Like, the expressions on their faces when they move through the passion of Jesus going to the cross, um, there's nothing like it. Our whole parish has often said, you know, how moving it is. The music is there. The readings are there. But it's the presence of, of the young people acting out. And then there are times when some of our um, our Jesuses or Marys at the foot of the cross have had tears in their eyes. And they were genuine tears because acting it out brings you closer to the story and makes it more meaningful rather than just reading it on a page. You can kind of put yourself in the story that way. So, yeah.
2: And for our final question... Not the final question. This okay. one's hard, though. It's hard? Like, okay. Yeah, you're going to struggle with it. Oh, no. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's, Alrighty, I love those. <laughs> it's, what inspired you to become a deacon?
5: Hmm. That's an interesting question because I never started out to say one day, I think I want to be a deacon. I was bugged by one of our local pastors, a fellow by the name of Father Joe Balzer, used to bug me all the time. He'd say, Lang, why don't you go get your theology? And then finally one day I said, Balzer, why don't you guys pay for it? So he said, okay, I'll ask the bishop. So at that time it was Bishop Charles Halpin, and they talked. They said, okay, we'll pay for your tuition to go get your Master's of Divinity, your theology degree, and then when you're done, can you come back and work in the parishes and, and teach and do whatever else? Because I also had my teaching degree. And I talked over it with my wife And we thought that would be an okay idea. So I came back and I began working in the parishes with my masters and with my education. You guys spent a lot of time at the schools. Then one sad day, our pastor, Father Joe, died in his sleep one night. And uh, oddly enough, our current pastor, Father Brad Fallman, was a seminarian over there. And he had phoned me and he said, Joe, come. And I got to the house and, and Joe died in his bed. The other Joe, not this Joe. And Brad was there and it was a sad day. So there were two of us in the parish that sort of took over because the whole place went into chaos. He was a very beloved man, and he was also what's known as the chancellor for the archdiocese or the bishop's right-hand dude. And so he, there was a lot of stuff to figure out and catch up on. So in the process, <clears throat> I had to sign off on a lot of things that I needed the bishop's permission to sign off on. And one day, out of frustration, because it was so hard to get a hold of him, I said, you know, your grace it would be so easy if I didn't have to ask for permission for all this stuff. He said, I think we need to have a talk. He said, I've been listening now for a while um, to the people, to the priests, um, and watching your ministry. He said, and I think you have a call to the permanent diaconate. And at that time, Rome... And our mother church had just re- released a brand new formation document called The Formation of the General Norms for the Formation of the Permanent Diaconate. And it all happened at the same time. So I didn't set out to do this, but I felt like I was called by God. It's been, it's been an amazing journey. Yeah, yeah, it's been really good.
0: <laughs> That's a really amazing story. Thank you for sharing it with us.
5: Oh, anytime.
0: Thank you so much for coming today.
5: Well, thanks for having me here. Happy Easter. Bye.
0: <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of The Central Room. When we come back, hopefully it'll be spring. We'll, we'll see. And we wish you a happy Easter. And um on our next episode, we will be talking more about Band-Aids. And you're in the Band-A Selective band, right?
2: Yes, I am. That sounds really exciting. Yeah. It's very exciting. Um, do you guys want to know the song I'm playing? Yeah. The song I'm playing is called Trip to the Bazaar. Um, I forget who made it, but it's a really slow, fast, deep song. Yeah. Wow. What about
0: you, Emily? Oh, I'm playing minuet in G. It's dun, 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 dun,
2: dun, dun, dun. That song. Yeah, <laughs> that song.
0: But I'm playing it an octave higher. I can't find it in the octave I'm playing it. So,
2: um, yeah. yeah.